when I was getting divorced, I was told to go get a job. And I was meeting with this pastry chef who was a friend. She'd done work for me. I'd ordered cakes and desserts from her in the past. So we were getting together for coffee and chatting and we're together probably about two hours. And the last 15 minutes, she looked at me and so what's doing with your life? I said, well, let's see. I'm getting divorced. I'm looking for a part-time job, very flexible hours. You know, Samuel was little. And she's like, what? And she asked me if I would work for her in the office. Hey, this is Achim Novak, executive coach and host of the My Fourth Act podcast. If life is a five-act play, how will you spend your fourth act? I have conversations with exceptional humans who have created bold and unexpected fourth acts. Listen and be inspired, and please rate us and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. Let's get started. I am so delighted to welcome Betsy Cohen to the My Fourth Act podcast. Betsy is a divorced mother of four who lives in Palm Beach Gardens and loves desserts. In 2012, when Betsy was given the opportunity to work part-time in the office of a bakery owned by one of the most talented pastry chefs in the country. A few years later, Betsy launched Happy Licious by Betsy a gorgeously curated and very happy brand of edible cookie dough that she ships to anywhere in the United States. I am thrilled to learn more about Betsy's fourth act entrepreneur story. Hello, Betsy. How are you? I am well. There are so many wonderful facets to your story. And before we get to Happy Licious, which I want to talk about, of course, I always wonder when you were growing up, you're a young girl or teenager, and you know how parents ask us, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? What was on Betsy's mind? I wanted to be a mom. Uh-huh. I didn't grow up in a household where two parents worked outside of the home and until actually my mother and father divorced. And then my mother needed to go work outside of the home. But it wasn't discussed that women would have careers. And in my parents' circle, their friends didn't have careers. The women were stay-at-home moms. So that was what I always thought. I thought you go to college, you get your MRS, and you (laughs) then start having a family. So that was really, that was it. Finances were not discussed ever. Just that was it. So the goal was to become a mom, which I did. So that was a plus. If the journey was to become a mom and have children and obviously, hopefully meet a a wonderful spouse who makes you happy, how soon after college did that happen or how soon did you find that person? I worked my, I had interned at a television station in Cleveland, which is where I grew up my senior year of high school. And the gentleman I worked with in the public relations department really took pity on me, I think. He gave me a job every summer at the TV station. And the TV station was owned by Scripps Howard, which is a very large broadcast company. And they had a station in West Palm Beach. So when I was graduating University of Miami in Florida, the the sunny UM, I 
reached out and there was no way they were going to hire somebody in at that point, I think Cleveland was like the 13th market in the country and they weren't going to hire somebody right out of college into sales. So they hired me in West Palm beach Mm -hmm. and I worked there. I met my husband when I was 26. We were married when I was 27 and my first son was born when I was 29. Yeah. And at that point I was a stay-at-home mom. And and I asked you before, I said it's okay to talk about your age. So you're in your early 60s now and your children, you have this wonderful range and spread. Would you just let our listeners know about it? Because it's a wonderful mom story. I do. I have three bigs and a little. And uh-huh. my bigs are 32, 30, and 27. And then there's a 10-year gap. And then I have my 17-year-old. And when the baby Samuel was born, my bigs were sitting around the kitchen table. And my oldest one looked at me and said, nobody has four children nowadays. One of us is a mistake. So it's either the oldest or the youngest. Yeah. And I looked at my oldest and told him quite honestly, Samuel, the baby, was the most planned of the four children. And his little face went from like, oh, to <laughs> oh, <laughs> but they were all. Um, so it's it's great. It's a wonderful spread. And it's great to see that dynamic of the kids with that age gap. Yeah. And, you know, Samuel has spent a good chunk of his time as an only child, but he will never be an only child because his siblings would never let him have that mentality of only child. Yeah. Now, as you're describing being a full-time mother, and we're going to talk about your business in a moment, so mm-hmm. what I'm wondering is, along the way, did you ever have any secret hankerings to have a business, or was that just not in your consciousness until it happened? I was very involved with charities. I am a very huge advocate of giving back to the community, mm-hmm. and that everyone is able to give back in some way. Some do it financially, some do it with time. Have always had that feeling and have tried to instill that with my children as well. I've always loved baking. Since I was a child, I have loved baking. I love dessert much more than I like the main course. So that authentically meshed. I had cottage businesses a couple of them along the way for baking. And what I realized is I really didn't like being beholden to an oven that I, I didn't like having to stay up until all hours of the night because the cheesecakes needed to cool (laughs) and that they had to go to the next step. So I can't say that I really thought about earnestly starting a business. There was one point that I had a cottage business and somebody else had approached me about doing it together and we were going to do it together. And then just before we were signing the papers, I remember having the conversation with my husband at the time, just saying, this isn't what I want to do. You know, I want to be with our son. And I didn't realize at the time I was also pregnant with my second one. And it just worked out that way. So I've always loved baking. I've always loved entertaining. 
Now, when I just introduced you, and this is part of how you tell the story of Hatbalicious, you know, you talk about working part-time in this office of a famous pastry chef. But what struck me is you were not working in the kitchen. You were working in the office, right? Exactly. So what was it like to be an office worker in with a pastry chef when you have yourself a, a passion for sweets? I loved it because what I didn't enjoy when I had the cottage business, I didn't enjoy being beholden to the ovens. And that is really, if you are in a baking shop, timing everything with the ovens. I also, I am a baker. I am not a pastry chef. And Mm. there is such a clear distinction between those two. So I would not have been qualified truly to work in the kitchen at that level or doing anything that I may have enjoyed doing, I should also add. I didn't know the office side of it. And we I just kind of stumbled into the job. When I was getting divorced, I was told to go get a job. And I was meeting with this pastry chef who was a friend. She'd done work for me. I'd ordered cakes and desserts from her in the past. So we were getting together for coffee and chatting. And we're together probably about two hours. And the last 15 minutes, she looked at me and so what's doing with your life? I said, well, let's see. I'm getting divorced. I'm looking for a part-time job, very flexible hours. You know, Samuel was little and she's like, what? And she asked me if I would work for her in the office. And I'm so thankful for that because I have a degree in business, but I don't remember what I learned in school. And I am very thankful that I got to see that side of the business. And I listened a lot to what went on in the kitchen. You know, the the office was small. What I love, I love so many things about that story, but I in my own business where I've, I've been I've been blessed, I've had multiple businesses, but you know, and I constantly get marketing advice and all these things. And I everything happened in my life because of the power of a relationship, mm-hmm. which is what you just talked about, you know. And when we have strong relationships and people who love us and support us. There is this, I, I believe, an organic growth with some marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So I do my marketing stuff, but your story is so beautiful. I have two questions that are related, and I'm trying to figure out which order to ask him. One is, how do you go from working in the office of pastry chef to saying, I'm I'm going to start a, a business that involves around cookie dough? And Happy Licious is about edible cookie dough, where you have multiple options of of experiencing cookie dough, which is, I think, the the edge to what you offer. Would you maybe talk a little bit about both of those? Sure. Part of my love of baking was that I had a dessert blog that I started in 2011. Mm-hmm. And when I started that blog, people looked, they had no idea what a blog was. You know, I am 62. My age wasn't blogging. It was a much younger thing. And I got very involved in a food and wine conference in Orlando. That always helped with connections in terms of knowing people in that business. But let me actually backtrack one step to how did I come about to the edible cookie dough? Every day at lunch, when I worked in that custom pastry shop, the cakes were made to order. So customers would get really angry if they came to pick up their cake and it was missing a slice because I happened to be hungry. So I wasn't allowed to eat the cake. 
And the only thing I could eat was a frozen chocolate chip cookie dough ball. And I ate that every day for the three years that I worked there. That was my lunch. And when I flew up to see my nieces in New Jersey, they introduced me to edible cookie dough. And, you know, they pulled out this jar and they're opening it up and they're saying, try this, Tia Betsy. I'm going, no, raw egg, don't. And that's how I learned about edible cookie dough. And I loved the concept of it because, again, I didn't like being beholden to an oven. Yeah. And this afforded me the opportunity to do something I love with sweets in a way that authentically resonated too. So I came back home and I worked on chocolate chip and I had a conference for the food and wine coming up. I took tubs of the chocolate chip cookie dough to this conference and I posted on the Facebook page for the group saying, I'm sitting outside this restaurant, come try this. And I just was shoving spoons at people. Here, try this, try this. What do you think? Would you change it? What what do you like? What don't you like? And when I left this food conference, I had 150 food bloggers telling me I had an amazing product. And that meant more to me than any kind of focus group I could do on my own. So that was what launched it. A word from your sponsor. That's me. I invite you to go to the website associated with this podcast, www.myfourthact.com. You will find other equally inspiring conversation with great humans. And you will also learn more about the, the My Fourth Act Mastermind Groups, where cool people figure out how to chart their own fourth acts. Please check it out. And now back to the conversation. How do you go from that beautiful experience with incredible validation mm-hmm. to getting the word out more and producing cookie dough on more of a scale? So mm-hmm. as a fellow business owner, I'm going, does Betsy do this all on her own? Does she have help? Like, how does she get this all done? When I first started, I was doing individual balls of dough and I was, I got a, cake ball press machine by hand, but it would roll more at a time. And that was definitely not the best use of time, but it was, again, an evolution of the product. I do everything on my own. I still do, although I will be able, I bring people in when I need people. That's been beneficial. The transition from 150 foodies saying, food bloggers saying, this is amazing to just starting was really, I think the naivete of I'm going to do this yeah, and, and just doing it and just starting it. I reach out to people regularly. Uh, My first reach out was to a former business professor of mine at university of Miami, who I said, you know, I wish I could tell you that I remember what you taught me, but I don't. (laughs) But I know to reach out to smart people and you're one of them. Would you help me? And what I have found, and I like to believe I pay forward as well, is people want to help other people. There is so much good that everybody has within. And oftentimes people don't know how to help somebody. 
which is where you have to advocate for yourself. I don't know this. Would you help me? Do you know somebody at? I have worked with FIU in Miami. They have a startup program, FIU Startup Food. That yeah, for, I, for our international listeners, that's Florida International University. Thank uh, you. People from all over the world listen to this conversation. So thank you for that clarification and helping people with that. They have a program that is remarkable. And Dr. Anna Etienne is the spearhead of this program. They just advocate for the participants of the program and really helped with all facets. If you need a mentor in finance, we'll find you somebody in finance. If you need help with marketing, we'll help you with marketing. And that carried through to actually the, you know, the pandemic pivot, which you know, that wall that so many of us slammed into like a Mack truck. I worked with, I call him Bill Nye, the science guy in food science, gentleman who PhD, incredible man, helped me formulate the jars, which is outside of my purview. I would not know how to do that. And safety is first and foremost with my product. I think just asking people, I think you have to ask people for help. That's such powerful wisdom. You know, I, uh, and many of us have to learn to ask for help and that that's actually a sign of strength and not weakness. Mm -hmm. And your, your story, you just, you tell it so beautifully. Since you mentioned the jars, one of the things I love, well, let me let me talk about the name first. Happy Alicious by Betsy. There's obviously a lot of thought that went into it. You clearly chose to put the word happy in there. So would you explain the meaning to you of this yes. word and why you chose that? Happy Alicious, it was a group effort. I cannot uh-huh. take credit. I'm somebody that if I see a blank slate, a whiteboard, it will stay white forever. Because I don't have that creativity. But again, I have great friends and family who are creative. So I reached out to them and said, you know, this is what I'm thinking of. This is what I'm doing. I need help with a name. And it was kind of a a group effort. And happy licious is because it is happy and it's delicious. I think we should have happiness in every part of our day. If at the end of the day, you can't name one thing that made you happy, then you need to turn the kaleidoscope a little bit and think of your day differently. So it's authentically happy and it's authentically delicious. By Betsy, we added or I included. And in hindsight, quite frankly, if I had a name, if I had Gordon Ramsay, Happy Delicious by Gordon Ramsay, well, that would make sense. By Betsy doesn't. So now I pretty much do Happy Licious and I talk about it as Happy Licious more than Happy Licious by Betsy. But that was also a good marketing lesson I learned that I have paid forward to others when they've talked to me about names they're thinking about. That there's an ego component that thinks, well, I own this. This is mine. And there's a pride factor. But if part of it isn't going to really help the business or mean anything, then then that's white noise that doesn't need to be there. I love Happy Licious by Betsy. Thank you. I just want to say that because on some deep level, and I'm in a different business, people buy 
the service. And there are other people who do something similar to what I do, but in the end, they buy me. Now, I know that they're not eating you, literally, right? But your energy, your spirit, your consciousness Mm -hmm. is in what you offer, right? So I love Delicious by Betsy. Thank you. If if we just, let's dig a little more into the happy part, because what what I find so enticing about your offer, you mentioned the jars, they're beautifully labeled. When you present in social media what you do, you are offering not just the cookie, but you're offering the experience of savoring something that makes you feel good. And that's Mm -hmm. clearly very intentional. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to shamelessly brag on yourself and how you present something that on one level could sound very mundane cookie dough, but your presentation is much larger than that. Part of that goes back to the blogging days where I learned a lot about videography and photography. I bring that to what I produce. Um, There are people who are so much more talented than I in that, but what the level that I have works for what I'm doing. And I think the experience is important. I think people, because personally, I have a sweet tooth. I want something. It doesn't mean I sit down and I eat a whole jar because really I have never sat down and eaten a whole jar at one sitting. Other people are able to props, whatever works, works best for them. But I think it's important to bring an experience. I think it's important to let people know it's okay to have a sweet indulgence, have a gourmet product that uses quality ingredients and have a little bit. You know, you don't have to eat it in one sitting unless you want to. You could just open up the jar, take a spoonful and enjoy, or you could put it into ice cream. You can make a chocolate covered pretzel sandwich. I do a lot of things in the midi waffle maker with the cookie dough. I think it's fun to show people how you can enjoy it. And then the jars also afforded us the ability to do custom labels. Yeah which opened up a whole new avenue because then we're talking about party favors, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a bar bat mitzvah, or a business event. We can individually wrap them or hand them to you and they're beautiful on their own. Um, We include a little wooden spoon with them as well so that it makes it easy for somebody to just open up and enjoy that also opened up the option for businesses have been very fortunate to work with the orange bowl on custom labels. And I work with the university of Miami on custom labels and law firms and banks. And it is a wonderful way of standing out as in a fun and unique way. You talked about chocolate chip was your first offer, but you, You have a wonderful range of flavors and you have some perhaps unexpected flavors. So I'm curious, how do you experiment with flavors? How do you come up with the next thing? Well, I chocolate chip was first and I knew thinking of grocery stores, which when I first started, that was my goal was grocery thinking, okay, how many SKUs will I be in a grocery store? I had four 
classic flavors at the time. And that was when I was doing individual balls. I also had boozies and the boozies are just fun. The booze is an ingredient, not an intoxicant. So the way that the best way I could describe it is if you think of the vanilla extract that you use in a cookie, it uses that percentage. So it is something that anybody could enjoy. You could eat an entire batch and you will not be drunk. You you won't even have a buzz. You might have a stomach ache, but you won't have a buzz. So the flavor profiles, I started with chocolate chip, brownie, peanut butter, and oatmeal raisin, which was a gluten-free option, as well as boozy coffee. There were many more. And what I realized was there were too many in different directions. And it was really the pandemic pivot and that wall that helped me refocus a little bit and slim down on the childhood classic flavors that for a period of time, it was chocolate chip and birthday party. And then the boozies as well. The flavors come about usually because, wow, I would love to try this and I'll give it a try. Boozy cinnamon donut, which is one of my favorites, kind of like a snickerdoodle was another name we played with for it. That came about because my daughter was getting married and I wanted to do party favors for her. So I asked her, you know, what kind of flavor would you like? She gets the credit for that. Chocolate peanut butter that we just launched. Fast forward two years, my daughter is expecting a baby. And I said to her, okay, I want to do a little shower with, you know, the people you grew up with, the friends of mine you grew up with and flavor. What are you thinking? Uh, Do you want chocolate peanut butter? Do you want snickerdoodle? And as a childhood classic flavor, I thought for sure she was going to pick snickerdoodle. And she said chocolate peanut butter, which was perfect because I needed that kind of flavor in the mix. I just want to ask you a classic entrepreneur question because there are the joyful moments and there can Mm -hmm. be challenging moments for any entrepreneur. Always. So take us into your journey with Happy Licious. If you had to describe a moment or two ago, this is when I just loved having Happy Licious. This this moment made me happy, but also what's maybe been one of the two most challenging things you had to face and learn about. The joy is, I think, the custom labels bring me so much joy because affords the recipient the opportunity to express to either their business associates or people they love and care about. It represents who they are in a fun way. And that lends itself back to the happiness part of it that I really treasure and enjoy. Challenge. I think the biggest challenge for me was understanding the financial part of the business. That one, quite frankly, I give credit to Shirley Maida, who is with the venture mentoring team, because she is amazing at that and really helped me get it where she didn't make me feel like I was a moron and had no idea of things that I should have known, but didn't know. And it's hard as someone who did not grow up talking about money to then 
admit the shortcomings of understanding finances. So that definitely was a huge hurdle for me. And that, once again, FIU made that contact to the VMT and surely by the grace of God came into my life. I'm curious, as we talked about your four children and you spoke about them so lovingly, but as somebody who started a business later in life, do your children think, oh, this is just a wonderful hobby that mommy has? Or, oh, damn, she's become a businesswoman. Or is it somewhere in between? How do they view your enterprise? I don't know that they give it thought. I mean, maybe they do. I think they they love the product. That makes me yeah. very happy. Yeah. But it's just a part of mom's journey yeah. that I don't... The bigs were really out of the house when I started it. So I don't know that it would have impacted one way or the other. And Samuel, because he was so young when I got divorced, has always known me out of the house for part of it. You know, the conflict of time when I need to work different hours and I definitely give myself the grace of a weekend doesn't have to be a Saturday, Sunday, a weekend, a weekend day could be any day that I pick it to be. But there are times that I'm not able to do certain things or I have a conflict and we just work. It's just part of what we do. So I'm, I am very blessed with great kids. Uh, You mentioned you're 62. Um Yes. Samuel will soon be going to college as well, I assume, right? Or it sounds like he will. I'm not assuming that you need to have any kind of vision for the next few years, but do you think ahead? Do you think of these are things I want to do more of, or these are things I want to do less of as you make choices about what your life, what do you think about Betsy? I do. I, you know, I think the reality, and I have joked about this lovingly kind of that I I wonder if it will be odd when Samuel goes to college if he's walking across the campus with mommy holding onto his leg because <laughs> I don't look forward to the day that he leaves the house but I'm very happy that he will be ready for it and that's all that matters um it will be when he leaves the house I will have had somebody living a child of mine living in my house for over 33 years yeah And I start to give that a little bit of thought that possibilities are there for different things. And I'm not sure what those things will be. I'm enjoying Happy Licious. I love what I'm doing. I love seeing, you know, I launched recently on Amazon. That is growing. And I'm very excited for that possibility. I you know, have the goals of, I want to get into other businesses that sell like a Harry and David's where it's a drop ship or it is something along those lines or edibles.com. So I throw out there the things Mm -hmm. and sometimes the universe answers and sometimes the universe says, really, I don't know, you know, Oprah's favorite things, get them to Oprah. That would be Keith Lee. The, Oh my gosh, what he does for businesses. 
So I think of those things. I don't want get to get too far ahead of myself because I really want to be very present for the short, short period of time I have with Samuel left in the house. I'm wondering as we're speaking, and it's great to hear some some of the thoughts that float in your brain. When we're entrepreneurs or business owners, there's a pressure to have financial goals, sometimes imposed by other people, like how much do you want to grow revenue or how much right. money do you want to make? And it can almost be sacrilegious to not be aggressively growth motivated, which mm-hmm. I am not. I've mm-hmm. done very well. I'm in my second business, but it's it's a lifestyle business. Right? Since we talked about money, do you think about money? Right. Is making money I do. important to you? How important is it? It is important to me. You know, I've seen the business grow. It's nice to see it growing on the positive side (laughs) because there was the time it was definitely not, but absolutely. I have the goals of, I want to double the revenue. Mm -hmm. I want to see it as a proper business that I want to see that growth take place and work towards having that. So that is important to me. Well, that's a powerful statement. I, For me in my own life, and I've been a business owner for 20 years now, but my thinking shifted when I stopped thinking of myself as being self-employed or doing gigs to, no, I have a business. Yes. In my case, I hire people, work for me. And the moment I thought of myself as a business owner, it liberated so many things in me. Yes, absolutely. I think... When you take that on is it's mine. Yeah. This is my business. And, you know, I, I tend to be fairly outgoing as a general rule, but it doesn't mean inwardly I'm always outgoing. So sometimes there are the necessary pep talks on the drive to something where I know I'm walking into a room that I don't know a single person and it's the pep talk of, you know, of course you should be here and all of those things. And I think it's important to empower ourselves. We help others, which we absolutely need to, but at the same time, we need to do that for ourselves. And that empowerment starts from within. That's such a beautiful message to, to wrap up our conversation with, but before we leave. I can't imagine people aren't curious as all heck about where they can find Happy Liches by Betsy. (laughs) Where can people find you and your wonderful cookie dough? Thank you for asking that question. Happy Liches, if you are in Palm Beach County, we are in Whole Foods in Palm Beach County, which I'm very proud of. We are in the Breakers in Palm Beach, which is magnificent. And let me Um, me just add something for internationalists. The Breakers is a classic, historic, famous, extravagant old hotel with a lot of history in Palm Beach. And it's pretty cool to be at the Breakers. Let me just say that. It is very cool to be at the Breakers. Um, I work, I'm very proud to be a vendor with Palm Beach County Convention Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was just certified uh, as a women-owned business with the Office of Equal Opportunity. Then. 
on happylicious.com. We have cookie mixes as our two-in-one cookie mix, as well as our jars of happiness. And Amazon, you can get the jars of happiness. And we offer their four packs on Amazon, four of the same flavor, or we have variety packs as well. And always reach out. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm on social. You can find me on the website with Happylicious by Betsy. So if you live in Palm Beach County, you can go retail and pick it up in a store. If you live anywhere in the United States, you can order from happylicious.com or you can go to Amazon, right? So we can find you and get your product. And we can do custom labels across the country as well. So we are able to ship them across the country, no problem. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I salute you and what you've created. It's fantastic, Betsy. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It means a lot, and I'm honored you asked me. Bye for now. Bye. Like what you heard? Please go to myfourthact.com and subscribe to receive my updates on upcoming episodes. Please also subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Rate us, give us a review, and let us all create some magical fourth acts together. Ciao.